Hello. Hello. So <laughs> welcome to well, Untitled Podcast. Yeah, we haven't come up with a name yet, but we will tell you our names. My name is Jonathan. And I'm Emily. And so we discuss music a lot together and we wanted to create a platform for that. Um and today we're going to just dive right into an analysis and our thoughts on an album that I think we've kind of bonded over to yeah. some extent. I think it definitely gave us something to, you know, have... chew on. Yes, to chew. <laughs> it gave us something to chew on. <laughs> I think it really brought us closer. Like we've never really bonded over music yeah. or like pretty much anything. Besides the fact we live in the same country, like, yeah. we have the same goals, we have the same dreams, but, like, other than that, we didn't bond over, like, music, mm. hobbies, anything like that. So, I think this album really made us closer, and mm. we love her for that. Yeah, I mean, we, because we don't really have similar music taste, I think, so <laughs> it was, it was... Really interesting that this of all things was the one that brought us together in that way. But um I guess to give a little bit of backstory as to like how you know we both started talking about it and like we're bonding over it. Um I found out about Ethel um a few months ago while I was on a date and he showed me her music and I fell in love immediately. And then I forgot about this. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was really ironic because um, we live in South Korea, and I was on a date with a Korean guy. Which you know, Ethel Kane is very niche. Oh, we didn't even say who the album oh. is by yet. Okay, it's Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane. Surprise! Um, surprise! <laughs> but Ethel Kane is like such a niche. Um, is she? Is like it's. It's, like, still quite a small audience. Like, you wouldn't think that people in South Korea are listening to Ethel King. Oh, definitely not. I mean... Um, because, no. like, the, it's inherently very American in its um, subject matter. So I didn't really expect that people in South Korea would be listening to that. And um, I fell in love with it. The first few, two songs that I heard by her were American Teenager and Crush... And American Teenager was the first song that you introduced me to. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think American Teenager... Well, we'll get into it. Okay, we'll get we'll into it. We'll get into it. We'll wee, get into it. Wee. Okay, so <laughs> the way that we're going to do this... Um, so I, like a freak, made an entire chart and listing... <laughs> Um, uh, we have stars, we have rankings, we have, um, analysis, you know, the whole nine. I was so, like, let's just hit record and keep it but, going. But, um, my, I'm, I'm too organized to do that. I would have had no train of thought, um, going we, in my mind. We so. have ADHD, both of us. But one of us <laughs> is, you know, at least functioning yeah. ADHD <laughs> like We're organized very in that way. Um I'm very spontaneous. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um but so we each uh had our own document to give overall thoughts, ranking and so on and so forth about each song. 
Um, I just want to say, I wish you guys could see. I, I say guys, like we have a fan base. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys. Um, I wish <laughs> that you can see our notes on <laughs> what we wrote for each song. Like Jonathan has a full on like PowerPoint, like a, what is it, MLA format. Like, <laughs> source of cited. <laughs> and I just have like two sentences like this late. <laughs> That's literally it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure in the future, like, I'll become more short formed with the way that I'm talking about these songs individually. But for now, you slayed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you I came mean, prepared. I mean, yeah. What can I say? I, you know, I prepared my meal and I'm ready to <laughs> share it with the people. Yes. Um, so the way that we're going to do this is we're going to go um, in the order of the track list and kind of give our thoughts on each song um, and our uh, score, one out of ten, or one through ten. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just uh, talk about it and have a conversation about what we think of them. Um, so, that leaves us to go to track number one. Yeah. Um, which is... Emily, do you want to <laughs> take it away? You know what? I think you should, babe. Really? I think you got it. Okay. <laughs> so, track number one is Family Tree Intro. And so, my overall thoughts on this, I wrote, as an intro, it serves really well to open the album. The hints to religious trauma and familial issues become very apparent, setting the stage (laughs) for what themes are to come later on. I prefer the extended song, but appreciate what this version does for the intro. And um, for my uh, Writings, I also included standout lyrics um, from the songs. And for Family Tree intro, I had Swinging by My Neck from the Family Tree. And I wrote a little note for it. um, How it alludes to suicide, but also insinuates how suffocating it is to hang on to her family. So it serves as a double entendre. Damn. In that way. And I... Oh my god. I thought it was really genius writing in that Uh. way. You sound like a genius with these big words. <laughs> I literally I literally wrote slow burner but served. <laughs> That's literally all I wrote. You're like as an intro, it serves really well. And I'm I, like, it serves. I think it just sets the scene really well. It's like, it you does. know, I listen to it and I kind of picture um like a very haunted looking cabin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like winter time. There's like Ooh. you know, you visualized oh. it. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, it's a very visual album, I think. See, I had the complete opposite, like, really? visual. Because I didn't think, like, it would be, like, cold, like, winter. Like, you're saying, I'm thinking rural Alabama, hot summer day, like, under, mm. like, a willow tree. Or, well, she's definitely not swinging under a willow tree, but you know what I mean. Uh, Like, a big old oak tree mm. in the middle of the woods. That's what I'm thinking mm. about. But that's cool how, like, different we can visualize different songs in like our mm. own different way. Mm. And I, I wasn't necessarily thinking winter. I was more thinking like fall. Okay. Like the leaves yeah. are coming off the trees. Um, it looks very empty. Like haunted. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary. Like very like, you know, Halloween time imagery. Like not yeah. Halloween on the nose, but like 
in that haunted house kind of vein. Right, um, right. But yeah, I like what the intro does. I gave it a score of 6 out of 10, um, <laughs> which seems low, but it's just, I, I like the longer version more. Right, right. Um, I gave it a 7 out of 10, just because, like you said, it really opens up the album in a good way. It helps you to visualize it and to give you the overall theme of the album. Like, this album mm. is not going to be butterflies and rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to be deep and it's going to be harsh at times. Mm. But, like, yeah. So, 7 out of 10 for me. Great. Great. Perfect. Okay, so, okay. Family Tree. Out intro. Intro is, is done. So, moving on to track two, my personal, both of our personal introductions yes. to The Mind of Ethel Kane. So, track two is American Teenager. and Which we both are. <laughs> we um, both wish we still were. Uh, <laughs> um, we are. At, we are. <laughs> we are in our hearts. In spirit. I feel like my accent's going to come out no, during this. Time. Ethel would love it. Oh, wait. We didn't even say where I'm from. We should oh. talk about that. So, yeah, that would be good for context, yeah. I think. So, we're, well, to start off, we're both American, obviously. Yes, right. Um, I'm from New York. Yeah, and I'm from Alabama, which I don't tell people that because at first I was ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> and then after this album and after getting into Ethel Kane, I was like, you know what? I am from Alabama and I'm proud because Mother Ethel is also from Alabama. So, slay. Yeah, it gives you something to be proud about for yeah. sure. And I love how <laughs> she puts a lot of symbolism of Alabama in her song. Just like the southern how can I say like aesthetic? Yeah. <laughs> like in her yeah. songs. And uh it just brings me back. It makes me feel nostalgic just like American Teenager does for me. Mm. Oh, good <laughs> Very good. Slay. Um, oh my god, how so, many times am I going to say slay in this podcast? Take a shot every time we say slay. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. FDA warning. Yeah. Um, so, for what I wrote about um, American Teenager, I said it's, you know, it's, first of all, very different than the rest of the album. I think it's very worth mentioning much. that. It's a pop song on its nose. But there's still something like really haunting about it. Like when the more yes. you listen to it, like this is one of those songs. Like the more I listen to it, the more I find <laughs> things to love about it. Right. It's a little condescending with the yeah. beat. The beat is so happy. It's and, very and, misleading. Yes, because yeah. like we go from Family Tree intro and we're like, oh damn, this mm. is gonna be a messed up album. And then we go into American Teenager, and it's like, mm. actually no, we are so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the lyrics are not happy at all. Yes, right. Yeah. And you wanna I don't think many people pick that up on their first listen because of how um euphoric and yeah. nostalgic it sounds. Right. Um, but it touches on a lot of themes that, you know, we explore throughout the album, just to name a few. Um, religion, high school life, living in a small town, and she also touches on military. Right. Um, with the line, you know, neighbor's brother came home in a box, you know, I but guess. But he wanted was, to go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, which coming from a very military heavy family, 
I related to that a lot. And, like, I knew immediately what she meant mm-hmm. when she said that. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, because that's such an American image. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, coming home with the flag folded and, right. you know, like, it's... Americans are just so patriotic. Yeah. Well, especially in the era that Ethel is basing mm. this album on. What year did she say exactly? Um, we also I want to say that it's into. like the 1990s. Okay, 90s. That's it. what I read. I could be wrong. It's either like 1980s or 1990s, but I want to say it's 1990s. Right, right. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, that also plays a part in it. Mm. Um, the stand, I mean, I said it was just very relatable to the American <laughs> teenage experience. Like, right. as a whole, like growing up in a small town myself, like, it's a very relatable song, I think, for, you know, the average American teenager. Right. And uh, what that life looks like. Exactly. And for me, like, hearing this song and talking about, like, I do it for my daddy and I do it for Dale, mm. it brought me back to my family because I know on my mom's side, keep in, like, keep in <clears throat> mind, I am from rural Alabama. I know you can't hear it from my voice because I'm masking it. I'm max I'm mas what? Masking my accent. But um yeah, I'm very much a country girl at heart and hearing these little like I don't know, what would you call them? Like symbols? References. References in uh her songs. It really resonates with me. Even little stuff like that. I know that she puts a lot of references to like you know, old time like southern uh, traditions, southern mm. things like that, and um, yeah, I wrote that it is very nostalgic for me, and it takes me back to high school in a way, but in a good way. I didn't like high school because I thought I was so different from everyone else, like mm. everyone so country and like fishing and hunting, and that was just like not me. Mm. And but like at the same time, it brought me back in a way like. Wow, like, I kind of miss high school, but not at all. Only because of this song. Mm, Yeah, it gives a lot of conflicting feelings about childhood in general. And, you know, growing up in America and those motifs and, um, like, you know, those experiences that is so American. And it's like, it's kind of how we took those younger days for granted. Mm. She was like, I do what I want. (laughs) it's like that freedom of being young being Mm. in america um you know doing it for dale doing it for dale doing it for daddy yeah but um yeah it just makes me miss my younger days and that Mm. freedom of having like no responsibilities Mm. just like going crazy and um yeah also can we point on how this was on obama's playlist oh yeah (laughs) speaking of military Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, um, I think it was on Obama's 2022 end of the year, like, playlist. Right. I don't remember the Something exact like title. That. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting because it provides a narrative on, like, the criticism of American culture in regards to military and the effects that that has on society, like, in right. some capacity. Right. So it was interesting that a president of the United States. <laughs> right. Because, like, in a way, she's kind of bashing America, in a way. Yeah. I wouldn't say bashing, but, like, you know, she's... She's providing a commentary that isn't necessarily shedding a great light 
Right, 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 right. Um, so for my standout lyrics from American Teenager, I had Jesus, if you're there, why do I feel alone in this room with you? Oh my god. And I do it for my daddy and I do it for Dale. (laughs) Iconic, Um, if you Yeah. I scream it every time. (laughs) And another red heart taken by the American dream. Because I think that's like that's this whole song. Right. You know, like that's that's Ethel as well. You know what I mean? Like that's what this album is about. Exactly. You know, being taken away by the idea of America. I mean, we'll get into that later, but Right. And also the lyric that you were talking about when she was like, Jesus, if you're there, why do I feel so alone in this room? Mm. I resonate with that so much because I also grew up very religious in a religious community in a religious household. And um, I also felt like that. Uh, Keep in mind, I'm not really religious as of now. Um, But I would always feel like that. Like as a kid, like everyone talks about how Jesus like talks to them. Mm. And I'm like, where he at at, though? I don't hear him. Mm. So that I, yeah, I love that lyric. And did you know, I I saw this somewhere, the guitar that's used in the song is, um, I it's like the same style of guitar that they use for Don't Stop Believing. Really? That's why it has like that such oh, like classic God. American music sound. So That makes so much sense. Yeah, actually. she really crafted the song well. Uh, I think it you know incorporated a lot of American imagery, sound and references in it and I think right. for that I have to give it a 10 out of 10. Period. We love to see it. We love her American teenager mm. superiority. What did I say that right? Superiority, whatever. Okay. And what do what do you give it? I give it a ten out of ten, of course. Of course, we have to give American teenager her flowers. She's the one that <laughs> brought us into this mess. It's true. You know, we started with yeah. with it, and it's what got us into it. So we have to stay loyal <laughs> to um, our girl, American yeah. teenager. So, we really talked about American Teenager a long time. I know, I could go on and on about this one song. I know, but unfortunately (sighs) we have to move on, but we're moving on to another great song. Another, (laughs) not a happy song, keep in mind. This this is when, yeah, the tides turn for the album. We kind of get out of the fall sense that American Teenager gave and we're heading somewhere dark. Um... Number track number three is a house in Nebraska, and this is definitely one of the songs that I think people know her for. This is, I want to say, probably like the second most known one off of. Are you serious? Um, Preacher's Daughter. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, I, I didn't expect that. Also, I, I know. Um, when I was looking up like reaction videos for. Preacher's Daughter, a lot of them were either to American Teenager or A House in Nebraska. And that was really it. Yeah. Mm, Like in terms of single, singular song reactions um, in that regard. That's crazy. I was thinking that it would be, I'm not even going to try to butcher track nine, but I was thinking like that would be... Tolomia? Yeah. I I think that's how it's... Okay, we'll get there. We'll (laughs) We'll get get there. there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry, I'm ahead of myself. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm all giddy. I, so, yeah. 
It's, it's <laughs> fine. Um, so what I wrote about A House in Nebraska, I said the piano in the song is really haunting and matches so well to the reverb in her right. voice, I think on this track in particular, because Ethel is very known for using a lot of um, echo and reverb on her voice. And I think the piano in the song plays so well into that. It's like very grand, like the sound of the piano in this in the beginning. Um, and it paints a heartbreaking story of the lover she lost, who we know to be named Willoughby. Yes. the Lord. And... Are we getting into characters in this or... But I don't know if we can get that to you. Okay. If you guys want to, you know, dive into that on your own, I think I, we'll yeah. we'll hint at it in regards and like and the assumption that you know what we're talking right, about. Right, right, right. Because I would assume if they're listening to this, they would know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're listening, like, yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Period. Okay. Um, it's unknown whether he died or left her at the end of the song like you don't we don't really find out even in the album what happened to him but nonetheless the song makes you feel like a very heavy sense of guilt like not guilt um loss yeah loss and guilt yeah because she's like blaming herself for him leaving in whatever capacity he left in um she's like blaming herself for that and you know my standout lyrics was um, when really I'd kill myself to hold you one more time. Mm-hmm. And I feel so alone out here. I was just about to say, I think the whole concept of this song is just like loneliness. Mm. And that year- yearning for someone that you love mm. or someone who's passed. I, I get that. Mm, yeah. Um, it's really sad like I like I just mentioned, um, the lyric where it's like his mom is calling her and she's like, you know, I, I lie to her and say that I'm doing fine when really I'd kill myself just to hold you one more time. It's like, <sighs> it's such heartbreaking imagery and it's so relatable too, mm-hmm. I think, to a lot of people. Um, so do you want to give your thoughts on the song? <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say like... Uh regardless if it's about like a breakup like a really bad breakup or like a death Mm. i think it feels the same like when you when you have a breakup with someone that you really love it's really like they died Mm. and like a part of you died also yeah depending on the relationship but um you know what i mean so yeah i get that as well um but i wrote literally the only thing that I wrote was the story <laughs> behind it, sad face. Um, Cause that's, that. Mm, yeah, that's my thoughts. Mm. If you and get that's... into the lore and the backstory of it all, it just hits you mm. way more than just listening to it. Like with no context, with no yeah. prior knowledge about it. Um, but yeah, I, should we do rating? Should I give my rating? Yeah. I would give it, this is off the top of my head. I literally put TBD because I couldn't think of a rating. I'm just going to give it a five. A five? Six, five. Yeah. Okay. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It is. Um, mine is nine out of ten. I think this Damn. is um, really a standout from the album. I think she put her whole cane assy into this. <laughs> <laughs> like... Um, the vocals are amazing. The, you know, 
I've listened to the demos before, like the progression from the demo to the finished version is incredible. And yeah, like I think it's a beautifully produced song and she did it really well. Um, So next one is Western Nights, track four. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I, I sound like Courtney I'm like yeah yeah take it away Um, so uh, this is what I wrote I said it's a great song not a favorite and it didn't stand out to me sonically on this album which is a compliment to how great the album is like that's definitely not a dig Um, it's just there's so many excellent moments on this album Mm -hmm. that I think Western Nights kind of gets uh, pushed aside a bit yeah. Um, I do think is it is an excellent song, but I think it bogs the story down a bit, and it could make the um, listener feel confused. Like, for the average listener, because, you know, although, like, we are crazy, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of the people listening are, like, really into the lore and crazy about it as well, there are people who are going to listen and try to follow the story without having genius, um, you know, annotations right next to them the whole time. And I think Western Nights adds a layer of, you know, a great story, but I think I wish there was more context. Right. um, As to what is going on. (laughs) Like, before, maybe before, after, like, she could have included a song kind of detailing more about how she went from the relationship in A House in Nebraska to Western Nights. Right. Because there's, like... Very fast. Yeah, <laughs> Very yeah. I fast wish there was more context. Yeah. So, like, that's the only, you know, uh, problem that I take with Western Nights. I mean, I love it as a song. It's just more about the context of which it is in in this album. Right. Um, for me, I said... The standout lyrics... There was actually quite a few. I really like the outro of this song. I think it's um really great she there was um crying only because i'm happy hold me across every state line please don't love how i need you crying in the light of the tv static and clinging on to you like some love blind addict you can interpret those lyrics in Mm. so many different ways yeah and i think like it can resonate with a lot of different people, mm. you know? Um, I don't know. I It feels like we're, like, bashing the album as of right now, no. but <laughs> we're really not. It's just, like, I, too, this is, like, not one of my favorite songs off the album. It's not one of those songs that I would go back to, mm. you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, the lyrics are beautiful. Don't get me mm. wrong. And it sounds amazing. Like, every yeah. everything about it is great. I think it's just, um... I... It confuses me. Like, I, I wish there was more context so I understood it more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, as it is now, I'm kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I can read the genius annotations <laughs> as to what this means. But, like, in the album... Like, what does this mean to me? Yeah, right. You know, like, in terms of the listener, um, because, you know, like, there's a book. We don't go from chapter two to chapter six. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's, there's context in between, and I wish that um, this song had more context. That's all. And uh, as someone who is, <laughs> without a doubt, very emotional and needy uh, in a relationship, like a romantic relationship, I get it. <laughs> 
like I get it like I get these lyrics but again it's just not one of those songs that I would go back to and um hate to say it but love you Ethel please don't be mad <laughs> I mean I listen to it I mean I listen to the album like front to back every single time I listen to it so I hear it but um I do remember, like, on my first few listens of the album, it was not one that stood out to me. Right. Like, I I would constantly look at it on the track list and be like, wait, what does that one sound like? Like, <laughs> yeah. like what was that one? <laughs> you know, and it's also, like, ugh, yeah, it's just, um, it's following American Teenager in a house in Nebraska. It's like, those are really hard yeah. songs to, you know, follow after. If this song came after track seven... I'm not going to give away names, but if it went after track seven, I think that would flow perfectly, but mm. it, it's because it's after a house it in the could. I, I think it could. Yeah. It has potential. I'll give it. It would, it would change the story a bit, but I think I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. 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 Um, so rating for Western nights, I have six out of 10. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and say five out of 10. Okay. Okay, cool. anyway, passing that one. <laughs> so, now we have track number five, Family Tree. Yes. Um. So, the full version. Um. I wrote for this one, the build in this one feels more satisfying than the intro and makes the song feel even darker. You can tell the album is starting to head in a direction darker than the songs proceeding at this point. So I have standout lyrics, I've killed before and I'll kill again. I really like that one. Um, because me too. You know, who hasn't? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you're making me nervous. <laughs> who hasn't? We've all been there. Um, do, you, do you know that Wendy Williams meme where she's like, clap if you've ever wanted to kill somebody? <laughs> she's like clapping by herself. I was like, like looking around the room. Like... That's, that's what I think of when I when I hear that lyric. Um, and I'm just a child, but I'm not above violence. My favorite lyric, and I think one of the most quotable lyrics of off the album. Mm. I've seen this a lot in the fan base. A lot of people mm. really love that lyric, and so do I. Mm. And um, and what are, what are your thoughts on the song? I gave it at first. It's very anticlimactic. Um, keep in mind, I do love mm -mm -mm. the tone of the song. Mm. I love the tone. I love the raspiness of it all. The itty gritty, like the rustic kind yeah. of, you know. But, um. It gets so much better the more you listen to it, I mm. think. Um, and I wrote that it has very tattoo-worthy lyrics. Because mm. literally, I could take any part of that song and, like, yeah. tattoo it on my body. Because <laughs> it's just so it good. It does have some really good, like, one-liners. Exactly. I think. It's, it's really... It's, it's a good song. And it's really dark. Like, it, it feels... In its, you know, sonic landscape, it feels really dark. Like, oh my god, like, you <laughs> yeah. know. Well, there are darker songs on this album for, for sure. sure. But, but, you know, if you're listening for the first time, you're like, oh, like, there's something wrong here, yeah. you know. Um, and it's, I mean, I guess just touch on the story a little bit. Like, you know, Ethel's kind of painting more about um, the problems, you know, familially. Is that the right word? Yeah, I think so. Um, and religiously. Right. You know, she is the preacher's daughter and she's kind of touching on those um, themes. And, you know, 
it seems like we're now getting to a point where she's like, I need to get out of here. That's what I take away from this song. It's like... It's her moment of realization. Like, this is not normal. And, like, there's the lyric, like, um, you know, Christ, forgive the bones I'm about to leave. Mm. That's not... I don't know if that's verbatim, but um, it's like she's leaving all her problems behind. She's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. Right. And which makes sense because the next song... <laughs> wait, wait. Oh. I have my input, girl. Why are you skipping over me? Oh, the stars? Uh, no, not Well, I that. was just going to say the next song is also touching on that family trauma. Oh, right, for sure. Which makes sense why we need family tree before we get into that. So I think it sits perfectly in the checklist. So what are your thoughts on family tree? Um, another, while you were talking about like familial issues in the song Mm. i was thinking about the lyric when she she is giving context to the word preacher like priest but she also Mm. says father oh when the preacher when he talks talks, he demands his silence and that is just like there's so many you can interpret that as her father or Mm. the the father of the church yeah which he's both yeah so um it's very like oh (laughs) like he you can yeah and like the juxtaposition of the next line being like and daddy said shoot first run and don't look back yes or what i don't know if it's the next line sorry i'm like i'm so it's it's (laughs) 2 30 in the morning guys we're not big fans but like she does use those if not right after one another Mm -hmm. like they are very close so there is the juxtaposition of her saying like preacher Mm -hmm. and then dad daddy so um yeah, like, it's, like, you sometimes kind of separate the two. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe in Ethel, the character's head, she also sometimes needs to separate the two as well. Exactly. And that's what that revealed to me. And um, I think it is an interesting note to make about the song. Um, sure. Yeah, so my rating is 7 out of 10. And mine is also 7 out of 10. But after we talked about it, I kind of want to change it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're free. I you're think, free to do so. I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Because okay. it really does it for me. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I just love how she paints the picture for us. Mm. And she's, um, you know, she's telling us about her family. Her father, mm. who is like one of the main characters of this mm. whole story. I mean, Preacher's Daughter, hello. So, um, yeah. I I love it. I love that for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Realizations. The year of realizing things. <laughs> when you're just, like, realizing things. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on to track number six. We're already halfway done. Right. Oh, my God, this yeah. is crazy. Um, track number six, Hard Times. So, um, I guess I'll, you know, go ahead and start. Um, this was one that also flew over me, um, when I first listened to the album. Um, because, like, you know, as many of the, I'm sure the people who are listening to this, if there's anyone listening to this, um, like, there's so many standouts on this album, very, like, intense moment that these more mellow... Um, understated songs can kind of get lost in the sauce, so to speak. Like, you know, it's like, it's like ingredients, right? Like the Mm -hmm. aromatics are going to stand out more than, you know, the salt and the pepper, right? (laughs) Right. Like the garlic is going to be right in your face. It's like that. Um, 
so I didn't um, really connect with this song at first. I didn't understand it. Um, but the more I listened to it and revisited the album, I really fell in love with this song. And I think it's, it's it feels like a lullaby mm -hmm. in a way. But like totally not. It's so <laughs> like, you know. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. And like, it's ironic that it does feel like a lullaby mm -hmm. because it's touching on really dark things um in relation to her father um yeah. i'm assuming yeah 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 yeah. i, th I, I think it's, say so i think it's about her father um i'm pretty much like certain that all of the songs in the beginning of the album are talking about her family and her father in particular yeah yeah, yeah. and then it there's gets some sort to, of yeah um connection right. um I don't know if like we really want to discuss like the subject matter. I think uh, it's like if you yeah, listen to it, you can you can hear for yourself. Um, right. um, but so what I wrote was it's one of my personal favorites. It touches on some really difficult topics in a in such a subtle yet wrenching way. Mm -hmm. I think with a lot of songs on her album, you have yeah. to go back and like yeah. really listen, and that's what you taught me when I first listened. Yeah, yeah, to it. and I wrote. It can be hard to pick up on these themes on the first listen, but I think it's a very, it's very understated in a way that doesn't make the material too obvious and performative. Right. You know what I mean? Because there are like statements that are made to be made mm -hmm. as a statement, like performatively. But I think these are so understated in the way that the message is being conveyed. And that's what makes it so special, I think, because like, it's not in your face and you have to like, like once you get it, you get it. Mm -hmm. and, and if you don't you don't yeah <laughs> if you don't you don't um so standout lyrics um i'm tired of you still tied to me um that's the one that she echoes in the outro and i thought good guys get to be happy damn that was really like i was like oh <laughs> oh so that's the vibe yeah. <laughs> yeah it was um it was really sad to listen to um once i started to understand the context of the song um so what are your thoughts um yeah i mean i totally agree i think it's just one of those songs where you would have to go back and like first do your research yeah uh, definitely go at your own discretion viewer discretion is advised um because uh it's very deep and even though it is very not on the nose yeah in the slightest but that's what i love about ethel is that is what this is like her craft and like mm. she does it so well where you know you you're left guessing and you can and there's room for interpretation exactly and you can like you know put together your own hypothesis mm. about like what you think it's about and um yeah i mean i really love it it's definitely one of those songs where it's like damn like it just rips your heart out of your chest because you're like the character ethel had to go through that yeah in the hands of her father i feel like that's not something we made clear was that it's a character oh yeah ethel is so, <laughs> so this I is mean... not well i mean i'm not gonna <laughs> sit here and speak on hayden's life personally but like ethel to our knowledge is a fictional character that is very very loosely based on um hayden's real life. hayden's real life um so i gave hard times eight out of ten 
Yeah, I also gave it an oh, 8 out of 10. Look wow. at us. Oh, okay. We're on the set. We see each other. I see. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, going into track number seven, Thoroughfare. Oh, my God. I got you into this song, babe. You did. This is, I also have to mention, this is the last song that I actually have notes on, um, because I was taking way too long to write that. It's so we're winging it. It's yeah, our... so after that, it's going to be completely off the cuff. Like, right. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, in- improvisation. Yeah. Um, so, Thoroughfare, I mean, what is there, oh. like, to even say? Oh! It's such an amazing ditty of a song. So. <laughs> um when i first listened to i'm not gonna lie like i skipped it just because like the nine minutes seems so daunting like i was already listening to all too well 10 minute version i'm like (laughs) i don't know if i can handle another like nearly 10 minute song in my life right now and like the end of the song it's pretty much just like instrumental so i mean you can't skip it it's not Yeah. yeah Um, I wrote, it's such an amazing song. The long outro doesn't feel like a burden to listen to, and it's a wonderful track to consume while you process the darkness of the songs that came right before it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the most twangy on right. the album. It's for sure. Definitely country. It has those elements. Yeah. And the longest song on the album, as I mentioned, but I love the feeling it gives. Yes. Like, I when I first listened to it, it was like, oh, there's like a light at the end of the tunnel for her. Yeah. And it gives you hope. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, you probably shouldn't have with this album. Um, but, yes, I also, it was a snoozer, like, when I first listened. Yeah. But after I just found myself going back to that song when I was, mm. like, getting ready, and I don't know what it is. It's just, like, uh, the love story of it all. I don't think many people would listen to a nine minute song and yeah. be like, oh, like I need to listen to this on repeat right away. You know, right. like I think it takes time to get into build it, it up. And like it, you know, it is a grower and I'm so glad it growed for me. Um, so it follows Ethel running away from her family and following in love, falling, oh my God, falling in love with a man she met from hitchhiking. Um, the standout lyrics, uh, I had one, and it's the final one of the song. Um, In your pickup truck with all of your dumb luck is the only place I think I'd ever want to be. Period. It's like... It's so lovey-dovey, this song. And I, like, just the feeling of, like, running away. Yeah. With this new lover. She, like, it almost feels like she's, like, signing off, like, to her old life with that. Like, it's, like, the sign off and then the, like, after that, she follows a, you know, the, uh, 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 like, I don't know. It just feels so happy. There's something about She's, it. She's, like, finally at peace. And it, the sun, or what? The song feels so sunny. Yes, exactly. You know? I, I'm picturing, like, a sunset. They're, like, you in know, the highway, back of the highway. Highway. Yes, um, the thoroughfare, babe. Yeah. Uh, and it's a sunny day, and they're just, you know, they got their hands out the, the truck window. Yes. Like, playing with the wind. Um, so... Do you want to talk about your thoughts on the song? I have no words. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I guess you you said it. Well, I could go on and on about this. Um, like I re- put in my notes, wasn't a fan at first, but grew to be one of my top favorite songs on the album. I would say it's like my second, third, second. Mm. Oh my God, I don't know. It's mm. like, oh God, I 
I never get tired of it. Mm. And like I said, I think it's just like she feels like this is a new beginning. And, mm. you know, she felt so lonely in her home, in her community, I guess, like in this religious community and like being having no like safe haven. And she even put in her song Thoroughfare, like for the first time. I saw a man who wasn't angry. Mm, that's another really good standout lyric. I should have added that. Also, these are like on the top of my head, so okay. that's probably not verbatim, but um, pretty much the yeah, yeah, gist yeah. of it. Um, and yeah, I think it's just her finally thinking like, okay, like maybe this was the right decision. Mm, and yeah, yeah. you're really... You're left with a good feeling. Exactly. And... She has this new person, should we say his name, who she met on the thoroughfare? I mean, yeah, it's just Lore, but his name is Isaiah. I feel like we're going to touch on him. Like, well, later. yeah, we kind of have to anyway, so I guess yeah. that's good for, like, context. Right. Um, so, Isaiah, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. <laughs> I'm sure they know. Maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, so thoroughfare, great. Nine out of ten. Uh, I give it a 9 out of 10, but I want to change it now. Now that we're, like, talking about it, and I'm, like... You're, you're excited. I am. Like, <laughs> I give it a 10 out of 10. Like, how can I say it's, like, one of my top top mm. three and give it a 9 out of 10? That just doesn't make any sense. So mm. I give it a 10 out of 10, for sure. It's just... Um, it's a little long. I'm <laughs> thinking of making it a 10 out of 10, too. Uh, you just want to be me so bad. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Okay, 10 out of 10. We have to give Thoroughfare her flowers. She's that girl. She is. Um, so track number eight is Gibson Girl. Wow, a total turn of events. And me, I have to admit, me and Emily really like this one <laughs> to the point where we like recorded our own little mini- music video. <laughs> like, if you, if you guys know on MacBook, they have photo booth and we put like the grunge filter on and recorded. <laughs> a whole like five minute music video to this, like dancing in my room. Just popping my um, asses to this. It was it was a late night. It was a it was yeah. It was there, like there's 4 really no like explanation that yeah. I could provide for that. It just happened and you know, it was beautiful. Much like the song is. Um, oh good segue. <laughs> okay. Um Gibson Girl. I was so gagged the first time that I heard it, and it was like the black leather. Oh and black. Like I was like, "What? What is this? My ears. my ears right now? What is this? God, God, yes, God! People died. Like people literally died. They were resurrected. Yeah, they ascended. I ascended. I think. And it's. I would. Um. I would say out of all the songs on the album, besides maybe Ptolemya, this is the most experimentative yeah. of, of this album in particular. Hmm. Um, just because it sounds so different than anything else I on guess, the album. Um, I don't want to compare her to an artist because Ethel is special in her own way and there will never be... Like, you can't compare Ethel to anyone. Mm. But this song in particular, it is giving Lana... A oh, bit. like do you I think mean, so? the sexy sort of uh, style of it all. 
it's giving Lana. The, 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 like, the imagery that it's giving you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it has the same themes. Like, mm-hmm. Lana is drugged out, and she's, like, with an older man. And, like, oh, like, very, like, ultra-violence yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Era. Okay, I get that. Um, for me, when I hear the song, I picture, like, the back of, like, a dirty nightclub. A trailer. Like, I'm picturing red neon lights. Um, okay, like yeah. A strip, a strip club. club? Okay, yeah, yeah, something like this. And the song, although, like, on its nose, I don't really think you'd be able to parse it this way too easily. But the song, I guess, alludes to the fact that Isaiah is pimping her out at a... Was it a nightclub? I think it was a nightclub. Something, something to that effect... And, um, she's drugged and... She's, like, high... Like, she's not in her right headspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's completely losing it, and you can hear it in the lyrics as well. Yeah, and, like, also, I think, um, in some way, sacrificing her religious morality... Yes, that's, like, I think that's the whole concept of this song, and I... Yeah. I resonate. I mean, I guess I'll let you speak on it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Am I cutting you off? No, 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 go for it. Okay. I was segueing for you to talk about Oh, thank you. So, um, yes, uh, I myself being from a religious background and having that guilt of, you know, experimenting with sex... And, you know, your body and, you know, stuff that would be considered so taboo in the, you know, Christian community. Um, I totally get it because I was the exact same way. And um, I felt that guilt 100%. Still do. Even to this day, it's just like inside me. Like, I feel like it's the Catholic guilt. That's mm. what it's called. And, um no, I totally get it. Wherein she's like, if it feels good, then it can't be bad. And and it's like, you can, the way she says it too, like you can tell those aren't her words. Right. It's someone telling her that. A like she's being, she's being convinced. Yeah, exactly. That it's fine to do it. Exactly. And I, I relate because I myself heard those mm. words. Like after coming out of that, religious you know place in my life very very conservative religious Mm -hmm. part of my life i you know was experimenting with things and you know i heard the exact same things coming from another person's mouth like if it feels good then it can be bad like Mm -hmm. if it's like it's a normal thing Mm -hmm. and so you know but in this case it is not normal Mm -hmm. (laughs) what she's going through but they are gaslighting her yeah manipulating her and um she just doesn't know any better because mm. she's high off her mind and i don't know it's just like you can get the context of the lyrics and um i think this is what was like her first time really acknowledging that yeah like oh is this bad i was told my whole life that this is like a bad thing am i going to hell <clears throat> why am i doing this but it feels so good and i feel so you know yeah, there's definitely layers to it, for sure. Um, for sure. So. Very sexy song. Yeah. I'll give it that. It makes yeah. me feel very, like, I don't know. Provo- it's yeah, a very it provocative. Br- it brings something out of me. It does. Like, mm, 
I can go on and on about this song, but I also like the vision, like the visual aspects to it. Like mm-hmm. you said, in the nightclub, you just imagine she's sitting on mm. like this old crusty man crackhead's lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's also a crackhead at this point, mm-hmm. I would assume. And um, yeah, she's just losing it. She is. And this is where we see how this is going to affect her. Yeah, the story is progressing. And it's such a turn from thoroughfare as well. Like, in you know, speaking in terms of the story, it's like, where did we go? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, how did we get is, here? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so Gibson Girl, I gave 8 out of 10. I give it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Because, oh. I mean, it's not a happy song. <laughs> But it's still, like, I don't know. It's not as um, depressing Mm. (laughs) as the other ones. Um, Yeah, I mean, it definitely... It evokes a very different emotion than the other songs on the album give, mm -hmm, I think. It's very, like... I wouldn't say any of these songs would be, like, club songs. But if there was one, it would be Gibson Girl. Like, if I was getting ready for an appointment... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a specific appointment um i would put this on and it would just like put me in the mood to be like you're so hot yeah yeah yeah. like the very very much like the looking in the mirror and like really feeling yourself kind of vibe exactly yeah and um i like how this really sheds a light on how we're going to view isaiah yeah. Because he's the one doing all this. Like, how did we get from thoroughfare to, oh my god, this guy is, like, so amazing, and he's saying all this mm. romantic stuff, and, like, we're gonna run mm. away together, and it's just, like, now we're here. Like, yeah. she's hit rock bottom. It's true. Um, but not yet. Not yet. Which brings us to track number nine. <laughs> god! <laughs> we need Jesus in here. Yeah. Like, this song... I... <sighs> We could literally just look up how to pronounce it. I've heard people say it before. Ptolemia. Ptolemia. I don't know. Anyway, track nine. Yeah. Um, get into it. Um, this song is... I remember listening to this for the first time. And I couldn't really stomach it. I was like, this isn't, like, the path that I really want to go on today. Yeah. It was It was a lot. And I didn't really um, get it. <laughs> Same, same, same. Um, it's very, it sounds very scary. Like if you, you know. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. When you know nothing about the story, when you don't really understand the context, it's like, oh my God. Like if I were home alone, I would skip it so fast. Cause like, I can't yeah. remember that. If I'm like alone in the dark, fuck mm. no. Yeah. And like, there's a very haunting, dark voice, like very deep, distorted voice. And we don't know who um, that is. There's many So, theories. to me, like, I've kind of processed it as being the Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how I process it. Like, he's coming to collect her. Okay. So... Which, I mean, I guess, for context of this song, this song is basically a sonic musical depiction of Isaiah killing her. I thought, from my perspective... I thought that it was her coming out of the club. Okay, this is my... I'm going to give you guys the visual in my head. So, basically, after Gibson Girl, she's high off her ass. And she is, like, having a bad trip. 
basically. Mm, mm, mm. And so she's running away from the nightclub. Isaiah's trying to catch her. She He's, mm. like, running after her. She's trying to get away, mm. but she's also high as hell. So, yeah. like, everything is kind of distorted. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think that um, she doesn't succeed in running away. Yeah. And uh, the the like repeated stops was like oh it really took me somewhere. It's very oh it's goosebumps. Um, and the outro, you know, blessed be the daughters of Cain. Oh, love know, it. Down to eternal suffering. Like I thought that was really um, interesting Eerie. to hear. Very <laughs> scary. Um, I guess a standout lyric from this song for me would be even the iron still fears the rot. Like. Ooh. I mean, that's, like, but that's everyone's, like, standout lyric from this song. Like, that's not a deep mm. cut one. Like, everyone's, like, ooh. But, um, right. I also like the, uh, um, You Sweet Morning Lamb. Yes! Because it, it really depicts Ethel well. Yes. Like, especially in this particular situation. Because, like, Isaiah really was the wolf, like, taking advantage of her. And she was the lamb, like, who was mourning her past mm-hmm. and letting him do it because she didn't know any better. That's interesting. Because I was, you know, depicting that as, like, a biblical reference. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that too. But Like um, a sacrificial thing. Yeah, but also, like, you know, in the Bible, the lamb is, like, so innocent and, you know, mm. uh, so pure. Yeah. And now, look at her. You know, mm. she's not the innocent little country girl that mm. she was. And for me, this is what I wrote. I said it felt like a horror movie, which I love horror movies. I love anything mm. scary. Um, but I definitely have to be in the mood for this one. Mm. I can't just like, if I'm having a good day, I can't just like turn this on. Like, yeah. It's like, you have to be in the mood for it. Um, but when you were talking about the stops in the song, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, like, female rage in my body or just, like, I don't know, like, thinking about, like, trauma and, like, things that you want to, like, scream, just, like, stop. And it's just, like, oh, it's just, it does something to me. It scratches my brain. It makes me relieved. It releases, like, the that, I don't know. I don't know how Mm -hmm. to explain it, but it's just built to her saying stop. And it's like the song is like pretty slow, I would say. I mean, it goes from like Satan. Well, you know, that's the other thing. It's like there's a very like tribal bass mm-hmm. going on, like the drums. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I don't know if you've ever watched like sacrificial scenes, like, um, in movies, but, like, when they're, like, playing the drums. Like, I one in oh. particular that comes to me is, like, King Kong. <laughs> I don't know. That's so, that's so like, off the cuff. But, like, I remember, like, when the natives um, of Skull Island were, like, going to sacrifice her, they were, like, playing these drums, and, like, it feels that way. Like, very, like, she's being sacrificed to something. And that's, like, a conspiracy theory, or, like, I don't know if that's confirmed, but it's, like, there's this idea that Ethel's family in general was, um in a deal with the devil and oh Isaiah was the bringer of I was just like, about to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So should I go into it? A little bit, yeah. I was gonna say that you were saying that you interpreted it as it was the Grim Reaper. Yeah. But for me, I was depicting it as like Satan. 
like himself mm. like when he was like i was there like when you were like little and like i was there throughout your whole life yeah and um no i see that but also i've seen a lot of when you spilled your first blood like yes like recalling a childhood experience right i took that as like period no no i took that as (laughs) period (laughs) i took that as being um in that particular instance when she's spilled blood from that interaction with him no i was thinking like a child like falling off of a bike and like getting scraped up ah so it's like something that's followed her her whole life and it's been waiting for her oh that's interesting i didn't think of it that way have we not talked about this no oh well that's interesting wow okay um also yeah it's just another thing i love the different theories about this song like i love the aspects of the song mm. the flies in the background yeah there's, yeah there's a lot to unpack with the song yeah for, for sure. sure um my rating i gave it a seven out of ten just because like you really have to be in a mood to listen to this <laughs> like this isn't one that like you're listening to on your way to work i mean well you can but i you know yeah i'm worried I for you <laughs> right <laughs> And if this is, like, your favorite song in the album, I um, I have no words. Uh, I get this song a... Live your life. Yeah, speak your truth, bestie. <laughs> Live your life, queen. But I give this song a 6 out of 10 because when Johnny showed me this song in his dark-ass apartment and there was no lights and he was just, like, smiling, like, <laughs> waiting for my reaction. <laughs> and it was terrifying. And I felt like I was, like, summoning something. I don't know if that's, like, my religious background. Like, mm. ooh, I rebuke this in the name of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The power of Christ compels, compels you. you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, moving on. I think these next two ones, we can kind of, like... Oh, um, skip. <laughs> not, not skip through them, but we can, like, talk a little bit about them, about the sound of them. Um, I don't really know if I want to rank them, just because, like, it's kind of, like why would we yeah you know there's no lyrics um they're more of just uh you know what it is it's like when you're watching a movie and there's like that music between scenes or like something's happening like the score Mm -hmm. that's what i interpret this as in context of the story of the album like moving from one point to another and providing a sound to guide us there um august underground i think is really haunting like um and like the very low vocal and echo and then at the end it just kind of like bursts and then comes back down it's really interesting to listen to um and do you want to give any thoughts on august underground i do so if um like i said i am a fan of like anything related to like horror or Mm. like you know like scary stuff like that if you know anything about like the title august underground it is a very famous like snuff film it's not like a real snuff film like Mm. from my knowledge but um it's like one of those gory movies that are um very i don't know famous i guess i don't know if you would say like infamous yeah yeah and so when i saw the title i was like oh so that's where we're going all right um but i think that made me uncomfortable like trying to like picturing that i was thinking like maybe like how you said there was like a building and it just like crashes down i'm thinking like was she fighting it like was she fighting to Mm. stay alive Mm. when he was like attacking her 
And mm. um, I don't know, you can t interpret that in a lot of ways. You can like, you know, um, you know, go through the, I, I wouldn't say go watch August Underground. I don't recommend it at all. It was not for me. Um, I don't think it should be for anyone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not a fan. Um, yeah, made me uncomfortable. But it's interesting to see how other people mm. think about it. Yeah. Um, for televangelism, I really like this one. Actually, I, 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 I do listen to this one. Um uh, I think it leads into Sunbleach Fly so well, um, which, like, we can't even get into that yet. Um, but, like, it sounds so peaceful. Mm -hmm. Like, light is coming in. It's very pretty. And it's, like, it's such a breath of fresh air after the literal hell that we were in for the <laughs> past three hell. songs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, um, you know, the... The track run from Gibson Girl, Ptolemya, and August Underground is really quite something. Um, so I think uh, Televangelism was a really nice refresher mm -hmm. to, you know, bring us back up to the earth, like, you know, the ground. It mm -hmm. really felt like we were underground for a bit there. It gives um, you some hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, August Underground could be considered, like, hell. Like... You know, or it feels. I mean, you know, I mean, it's interesting because it does feel underground. Right. Like, like those three songs. There's something very underground about it. Very like basement. Very um. I mean, we'll get to that. Too, yeah, but, basement. Hey, um, context clues. Yeah, I mean, beautifully crafted album. What can I say? Um, televangelism. Yeah, we talked about it. It's a very beautiful interlude. Um, track twelve. Oh my god. This is a personal favorite of mine. This might be my favorite on the album. I think it is. You got me into it. Um, Sun Bleached Flies. Sitting in a windowsill. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for sing? the day that they escape. You know. But what would... You wouldn't know what it takes to wait for the day that you escape if you had a business. What? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you had a windowsill that you were passionate about. You would sit on it. You would sit on it. You know? Oh I, was, I was trying to craft that sentence at first, and it was just like word salad coming out of their mouth. I was, uh, I was having a stroke. Like, I was too. Comprehend what you were saying. <laughs> I was like, what would you do if what you What would okay? you do if you okay? So you go. <laughs> yeah. Um... Wow. Okay, so Sunbleach Flies. Uh, the religious, like, we're back to the religious trauma again. Yes. And um, this song, it sounds so hopeful, and it's basically Ethel reflecting on the life that she's now left behind, you know, as she's passed away at the hands of Isaiah. Um, she's reflecting on her um, time in the church. She's reflecting on her relationships with people. You know, her dad, that's how my daddy raised me. Um, you know, there's a lot going on in this song. And once you understand the context of the album, I think it makes the outro, like, really emotional. Mm -hmm. Like, I forgive it all as it comes back to uh. me. Like, it, 
like, the amount of things she's forgiving. Mm-hmm. Like what when she's you understand. done, what she's yeah. done, what she's guilty about, what her, what other people have done to her. Exactly. Like there's so much power in that outro. And right. like God loves you, but not enough to save oh! you. An incredible <laughs> lyric. I mean, oh everyone, know, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone it's, knows. It's not a like a. We've been new. We've been new. Yeah. Um, it feels cliche to like even say, but I it know. really is. It's like it's such an incredible um feeling, and it, it's a great lyric. Um, give your thoughts, okay. please. So I love this song. I think like after listening to it so much, it uh, the one thing negative that I would say about this song is I don't like the placement of it on the album. Same. I think it should be the last song on the album. Same. Because it it would be the perfect like ending to this yeah. like nightmare. Mm. Because it's such a light song. I don't know if I should say light. Yeah. Um, but uh I don't know. I kept going back to this song. It makes me feel all kinds of different emotions and like, you know, it touches on like what happens after we die because, you know, Christians, mm. we think like, oh, we're going to heaven, but like, what is that? You know? Yeah. Like, what happens after we die? We don't know. And but she met him there, and she told him he, she believes exactly. Yeah. And so, I don't know. She's like you said. She's talking about all of her regrets, and you know, stuff that she would take back, and you know, uh, that is just like it hits you like a ton of bricks. You know. And I think, like, she said she would do anything just to be in church on Sunday. And I think, like, just little stuff like that. Like, we take it for granted. Mm. And she's saying, like, she also did, like, while she was, you know, living. Um, And I just, I don't know. I think this would be the second favorite song in my top three. This would be my second favorite song. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's gut-wrenching it's like uh oh my god it's just like hits you and like every it's really powerful like it just (laughs) i feel like you're like i said it's literally it it feels like you're in church it feels (laughs) in like the whole like the instrumental like she has what Mm. is it called it's like an organ almost right i want to say i was like thinking what the hell is that called oh the flute or not not the flute there's like saxophone? The, no, babe. The piano, like in the church. What is that called? An organ? Organ. Oh my god, I should know this. Oh my god. Right? I think it's an organ. I don't know. I didn't really go to church. But Speaking I of think... or- organs. Organs. Oh. Oh. No, no, oh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I was like, well. <laughs> um, but no, I do have to heavily agree with your comment on the placement of the song. I think when I, you know, Albums are a lot like books. Like, there's what you start with and what you end with. And what you end with, I think, especially with an album, um, there should be loose ends throughout the book. And then the last part should tie those up. And I think Sunbleach Flies does an excellent job of tying tying those loose ends. It's an excellent bookend Mm -hmm. to the album. And it takes us back to where we started the album. You know, it even calls back... A house in Nebraska in the outro and um 
I think putting Strangers track 13 before Sunbleach Flies would have made a lot more sense because it's like we would still be in that underground Mm-hmm. sense yeah um in my apple music what i personally have it as is august underground into strangers then into televangelism then into sunbleach flies that would because be like- it also breaks up the instrumental and it yeah. like it takes you into strangers and then kind of out and then yeah. we're you know we're in the light mm-hmm. of sunbleach flies um so that's how i have it personally i mean i don't want to I respect Ethel's creative vision, of course. Um, right. She can do no like, wrong. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, that's just how I prefer to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. Like, in my everyday life. Um, it just flows better. It it makes more sense for me personally. Like, it, my brain can handle it better. Um, like, obviously, there's nothing wrong with the songs. It's just the way in which the story is being told. I um, prefer it a different way. Um, so yeah, I think, I, I mean, I gave Sunbleach Flies a 10 out of 10. A uh, 9 out of 10 for me. Um, I, I don't know cha- why. Actually, I changed that 10 out of 10. I'm <laughs> I would change a- nothing about it. Like, I don't think yeah. there's anything I would change. Like, the, what is it? Like, it's like a saxophone starts playing. Oh, like, yeah. The, like, oh my like, God. But if it's meant to be, it'll be, and like the saxophone comes in. Ooh. You would have yeah. never thought to hear a saxophone on this album. Right? <laughs> like, like for And then real. every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, there's the saxophone on this album. Like, what <laughs> can like, she not happened. do? Do you think that she did the saxophone, like, by herself? Like, in her basement? Probably. For real? Or on, like, um, GarageBand or something. Like, whatever uh, uh, digital equipment she yeah. uses for producing. Just, like, the production of all yeah. of these songs. I cannot say enough good words mm. about just, like, how much of a genius she is just with production alone Mm. like this needs a grammy or something i it deserves something and i think she'll definitely get her accolades in the future um so Uh, track 13 we're on the the last last one one. Ah! my god my top favorite song. I know this is this is one that you really liked from the get-go mm-hmm, for sure. um and it is strangers um where this, do we go this was me? also one that really stood out to me on my first listen and mm-hmm. I think it's um to go back to the story that I told in the beginning of uh this episode um the guy that I was on the date with when he was showing me Ethel's music he also showed me Strangers, and he mentioned, you know, the story about it, like how she's being cannibalized by her lover in his basement. Isaiah. Um, Isaiah. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> why, like, why, like, why are people in Korea listening to this? Like, it was just so weird. So you didn't to... go into it blindly like I did. Like, you knew the context of the song. I knew the context. Okay. But, well, okay, okay. He, ex- so, sorry. Um, let me rephrase. So the way he explained it was the album mm-hmm. is about her oh, okay. so getting you knew... cannibalized eventually. So I didn't know which song was actually going to touch on that. But right. then when I got to Strangers, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's context clues. Like, you know, you devour, like, Bovon Hyde, you know, being tough 
mm-hmm. in a you know double entendre sense. Um, the song is amazing. Like this is probably kind of like the most rock and roll that we kind of get. Like in, in the bridge, roll? not like a little rock. I would uh, say the uh, like the the vocal delivery oh, on the bridge. Yeah. Like, am I making you feel sick? Like yeah. when she starts, screaming. it's a little emo. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little screamo. Sorry, not rock. Um, right. I would, Towards I would, the end. I would say so. When she's like just belting, am I making you feel sick? It hits me. I, it scratches my yeah. brain. And it's just like so satisfying. Yeah, it's really good. And I mean, we don't need to talk too much about like the like context of what the song is about. It's right. like. I, you get it. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> like, you get it. He she gets eaten. He ate her. Um, and actually, when you showed this to me for the first time, after we have, like, a listening party in your apartment, um, <laughs> just, like, going through all the songs, and this was the last one, and you were like, okay, like, I need you to buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Like, li- like listen to the Because it's really one that you need to, like... Listen to. Yeah. And I... Um, you just said, I want you to, like, take the lyrics literally. Like, in a yeah. literal sense. Like, don't think about it, like, metaphorically. Just, like, think about it. Like, just think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so much deeper. And you didn't give me any context clues. So, like, I was so dumb. Go- I was like, mm. Mm, no way. I was thinking, like, okay, maybe it was, like, an assault or something. I wasn't. Mm. I thought that she was, like, kidnapped and she was, like, locked in a basement. Mm. Um, but, no, it's worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's worse. making you feel sick. Yeah. Um. um, I love it. <laughs> like, after I realized what it was and, like, actually, like, looking and, like, listening to the lyrics... My jaw was just like on the floor. I mm. was bamboozled. I was like gagged to the full fullest capacity. Mm. And the lyrics are so painfully obvious. Mm. Like after you know what it's about, you're like, oh my god, I'm such a dumbass. Like it's mm. right in front of you. It's not totally on the nose, but I mean, it gives you enough to know what's going on. And mm. um, yeah, there's a lot of hints throughout the song. You can get it after you give a good listen to it and actually like take it all in uh, but I love it I cannot say like any bad things about it I mean the story alone that's awful mm. it's messed up but the lore of it all and just like the ending where she gets her revenge it's just so satisfying and I don't know if it's because like I'm a true crime fan or like a horror fan but um I don't know. It just does it for me. And mm. also, I listened to this song with my friend Andy. I made her oh. listen to this song. Um, Was this in America? Yeah, on my last vacation to America. Um, I like. She had the same reaction as me. She was dumbfounded. And so I, I also interpret this song um, with just like, the how can I say this like girls I feel like at one point in our lives we've all had this mm, need to be perfect Mm. and I'm not even just girls everyone you you want to be perfect for your someone and you're like I tried to be good in my you know what I mean like I tried so hard yeah and 
I completely no. forgot that was even part of that song. Oh my god. Right? It's just like the wanting to be perfect for this one person and they do this to you. It's like the betrayal. Yeah. The betrayal. I mean, this of it is all. another one of those ones like you can really take it several ways. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, where like like with hard times, it's like she's very um it's very understated. Mm-hmm. Like so if you don't know, you can interpret it in different ways and, you know, have your own piece with the song, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I mean, that's what art is meant to be. Um, this is, Strangers is no different. Like, it could be about having a falling out with a, you know, lover who never made you feel like you were good enough, who you constantly try to impress. Um yeah, like, there's multiple meanings that this song can carry, and I think it makes a good... As the album stands, it makes a good outro, um, especially with the sign-off to her mom at the end. Oh, my God. It's so depressing. Yeah. But it's just like, I'll see you when you get here, period. Yeah. End of story. That's the end of the whole thing. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God. And uh, I'm not a mother, but, like, just that's your baby yeah you know she just like seeing the whole story unfold and she's saying like you'll see me on like milk cartons in Winn-Dixie in the Winn-Dixie aisle yeah it's like god because like that's how it was in America back in the day like the missing kids stuff and just like you really I don't know do we love her mom do we hate her mom we, we don't, don't know, know yet. enough about her. We don't yeah. know yet, but I'm very excited to see how this plays out. I mean, obviously, there's love there for her mm. because she's like, I'm going to miss you. Like, I'll see you when you get here. But I've also seen people interpret that in different ways. I'll mm. see you when you get here. Is she talking about heaven? Is she talking about hell? Mm. You know what I mean? I think she's talking about heaven. You think? Oh, I mean, some bleach flies that gives... I mean, that's a dead giveaway that she's going to have. Yeah, televangelism. Yeah. But, yeah, that was our deep dive. Should oh, we? oh, did we, we didn't, we didn't. Oh, the, 10 out of 10, babe. 10 out of 10. Um, favorite song on, off okay. of the whole album. Should we okay, get into it? Okay, this is off the cuff. Okay, okay, yeah, let's do it. Should we talk about, like, Like, Ethel? top three? Oh, top three. Okay. For me, Strangers, yeah. Some Bleach Flies, and Thoroughfare. That's me. Okay. You know, I'm actually... I will open iTunes and see what my top three played are, and I will tell you what that is. Ooh, I'm curious, actually. From uh, this album in particular. Okay, Replay 2023. Oh. Um, American Teenager, A House in Nebraska, and Some Bleach Flies. Period. And Strangers in fourth place, so honorable mention to Strangers. We love her. And we love American Teenager. Uh, American Teenager would definitely be in top four. Yeah, that was Uh, our deep dive uh, on Preacher's Daughter. Mother Ethel. We do. We are daughters of Cain through and through. We are. And we will continue to see to the harvest. I am just so excited to see where this goes, where this takes her. Like, there's so much she can do with this album. It's so versatile. Versatile? <laughs> I don't know. Like I would say there's versatility on it. Like it's giving. It's just the lore of it all. And yeah. Like I hope that there is. I I don't know. I can never get like tired of this album. And I I mean, there's rumor that there's mm. gonna be like a movie and like a book. Uh, I am yeah. so excited for that. And like just she's where well the book she's already. 
I mean, the movie and the book are ventures that she's already claimed she wants to do, and she... Right. We just don't know when that's going to be. She said on Twitter it's going to take, like, a couple years for the book. She said she finished chapter one. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to get the other half of Preacher's daughter. Yes. And then later Preacher's wife. We want to see the mom side of the story, her point of view. But also, um, yeah, I just, I can't wait to see how much she grows as an artist. Even though I think that she's perfect in every way now, production-wise, voice-wise, you know, just like the creativity Mm. of it all. And um, I just love it. And I hope she gets what she deserves, like, Mm. um career wise she has so much potential and i wish that like other people saw that she she's really like an ingenue like she's really a genius when it comes to her craft and like you can tell she's practiced a lot and um she's only gonna get better i mean she's so like how do you top this album that's my thing and the thing is she will she will she always (laughs) delivers she will she delivers um and i eat it up but so yeah i think takeaway from preacher's daughter it was a very well-crafted statement it was a well-crafted story um well produced well written storytelling is immaculate it really it's like a movie when you're listening through it it takes you through everything it feels bigger than an album exactly uh like i've never felt this attached to an album i know like isn't that so not weird? me having a parasocial relationship with an album right <laughs> like <laughs> i'm like this album is my mother and we love her we do she and mother's on mother. every mother's day we will be celebrated <laughs> we will we'll be in church on the windowsills. With, with Preacher, a copy of Preacher's Daughter in our hands whenever it's released on physical. Yes. In the name of <clears throat> Ethel. Ethel Kane. Kane and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess that wraps it up. So, thank you for listening. Um, once again, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Emily. And I think next time we will be reviewing... What? What are we doing? Midnight. Midnight's. Midnight's. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.